0: Hello and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. As always, I am your host, Devin Moore. Today's guest is Catherine Magnoli. Born with spina bifida 37 years ago, Catherine is the perfect author to tackle issues of disability and acceptance. She wrote stories about a superhero in a wheelchair entitled The Adventures of Catgirl. Catgirl is a superhero who helps kids who are being bullied for being physically different. This allowed her to share her stories with thousands of children of all ages and disabilities. Welcome, Catherine. How's your day going?
1: I'm doing well. How are you today?
0: I'm very good. I'm very excited and like eager to learn more about you. Um, so, kind of, let's try, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you first start us off by telling us what exactly is spina? Uh, excuse me, spina bifida.
1: <laughs> well, spina bifida is a birth defect that affects, you know, I think one in every 1,000 babies. And what it is, is a split in the spine, which is literally what spina bifida means. And it releases some of the nerves from the spine and it affects the baby's ability to have mobility in their legs. And there's several different levels of spina bifida so not all people with spina bifida can't walk there are actually some that do walk with either a walker or a cane and they have a pronounced limp when they walk but then in my case I was born with one of the more more severe conditions of spina bifida um, and that gave me no ability to walk so
0: so how does it? Affect- Sorry for
1: the medical and that yeah. you know explanation, but that's just I wanted to be clear.
0: No, explain it to us. I'm like I kind of I I so I understand what it is now, but how does it affect your day?
1: Honestly, I'm gonna tell you an, a story about when I asked my mom about my disability because I'm the youngest of seven, and none of my siblings had or have, I should say, a disability. And so I asked her, you know, what happened? Why am I in a wheelchair and my siblings are not? And she told me this really great story that the spine is like a magical tree that has these little magical leaves called nerves that help you move your arms and legs. And she went on to say that I was missing some of my magical leaves, but that no matter what, I could do anything else that I put my mind to other than walking, you know? And so I've always had that mentality like instilled in me. And so that just makes every day a new adventure for me because I'm like, oh, well, what else am I going to try to do today? Because I can do anything.
0: <laughs> that's a really, that's a really beautiful story. And I know how you, you just that adventure. So is that one of the reasons behind why, um, you have the adventures of Catgirl?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sort of. I have always, it's funny, like, you know, most little girls or some little boys may dream about being a princess. And I really didn't. I dreamt about helping people. I dreamt about being a superhero and wanting to like save the world. So that was pretty much what inspired me to write Catgirl was just this, looking at the world in a very different way, being a person with a disability and have gone through bullying myself. I was like, how can I help people who are going through bullying as well? And so that was what inspired me to write The Adventures of Catgirl.
0: And I know you just mentioned that you went through bullying. Um, Would you want to share things that you've gone through?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm pretty much an open book myself, so I growing up, as I said, I was you know the only person in my family with a disability, and so that created a unique dynamic where my siblings were always very eager to include me in the games that they were playing, and never really made me feel different than them. You know, they always wanted to play with me, and so that was really great. but then that kind of gave me a false understanding of how the world is. Because when I went into public school at the age of eight, and I was the only person with a disability there, I expected it to be like at home where everyone wanted to play with me. And that wasn't the case. You know, kids were very judgmental, they would call me names, they would not let me sit with them at lunch. It was And I was just confused. I was like, I don't understand. Like my family's not like me, but they let me play. Why don't these kids let me play? But, you know, so that was the kind of bullying that I went through was just not being included in things and just kids just not really wanting to get to know me because I was quote unquote different than them.
0: Well, first I want to say thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm sorry that you even have to go through that because that's also something that I've noticed, so there's this one, um, there's like this one time where I saw some story on the news, and, uh, or I saw a story on the news, and it was about this disabled person who, um, they were getting bullied, and it, uh, the acts of bullying led to the family getting a lawsuit, I don't remember the full full thing, I just know that people were like uh, trying to attack or physically, you know, do things towards that person with, um, who was disabled. And so being, I realized that something that happened is like, so this was also during a time, well, I saw that and then I went to school, like sometime around then. And I was like, so do you guys know what this disability is? Or like, have you ever seen someone with a disability and surprisingly, they were like, no, I, I was pretty surprised by that because like physically, I mean, like in real life. And so I'm yeah. like, OK, that's a little weird. Uh, well, maybe not too weird. I just realized that the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I realized that there are people who are not even exposed to someone even having a disability or something that's outside of the norm. I'm putting air quotes on earth in that. Yeah, um, because, you know. We, I feel like that's something that we need to recognize more because there's so many different types of people and disability should be a part of the conversation. So what, like, tell us more about, why don't you
1: tell us how can we even
0: start to have this conversation about, you know, disabilities or including those who have disabilities?
1: Wow. I mean, that is such an amazing question. So thank you for that. Um, I really believe that the education needs to start at a young age, and I think that it needs to start at home. Um, I can't tell you how many times I wheel down the street and a child of four years old or three years old is staring at me, and I can tell that they want to ask me, you know, what happened, but the parent will just pull them away and be like, oh, no, don't look at her you know, and that makes me so sad. So I've actually gotten into the habit of, you know, um, when I see a child looking at me, I'll ask the parent, can I explain to them about my chair? And sometimes the parent is like, sure, that that would be great. Thank you. But in reality, I'm not always going to be there. And there may not always be a person with a disability that's as eager to educate as I am. So really, I would urge the parents to buy books that have to do with disability or show movies that have to do with disability in a positive light. My sister, who's an educator in Queens, New York, she actually just told me that she was in a pre-K classroom and there was a book on the shelf that said, just ask. And every page was about a different disability that kids might be curious about. And it like explained it in a very simple way. So even a book like that, like purchase something like that, show it to your kids, explain to them about disability, show it in a positive light so it's not something that they need to fear or be worried about or anything like that. Because that's actually the first question that I Ask when I do my cat girl events. I always ask the kids, "How do you feel when you see me?" And they always say, "I feel scared. I feel sad. I feel worried. Uh, You know, I feel sorry for you." And I show no judgment to their answers, and I just open my book and I read it to them, and then I ask them the question again. And they're like, "You're so cool. Does your chair fly too?" So within those like ten minutes, I've changed their perception which is exactly what parents and teachers should be doing, not just with Cat Girl, but with any book that they can find on the topic of disability is very, very helpful. That. Sorry again for my long-winded answer, but that was such a good question.
0: No, I <laughs> want you to educate us. I truly do because I really, I love that example too, when it comes to your sister, um, because it's just like, you know, not only do I love that, but I really appreciate that Uh, because one thing that I truly, truly believe is that if we have books in schools that teach us about, you know, disabilities or different cultures or different race or ethnicity background, all these different things that honestly later on in life, obviously that leads to understanding as, as you're developing from a young age. So that means that later in life, you know, you're most likely not going to, or you're less likely to hurt someone or, you know, inflict pain on someone for who may be outside of what your normal is or the next person's normal is. And so that's why I truly believe that education at a young age, that is so, it's so crucial. It is so important in creating a more unified world. You know, that's really the yeah. main thing of it, creating a more unified world.
1: I just wanted to finish up this portion of the conversation and say you know I'm talking about educating children but if you yourself aren't sure about how you feel about disability and you yourself are curious about it or worried about it or whatever the case may be you need to start educating yourself even if it's through a cat girl book that's for children or if it's in the just ask book that I mentioned earlier that my sister saw in a classroom pick up those books learn about disability in a fun way and it'll help you understand disability and be able to explain it to a child the way that my mom did with the magical tree story (laughs) you know so just educate yourself that's all I can really say
0: yeah I agree with you Catherine and so you also have Cat Girl and Friends. You want to tell us about it? Yeah.
1: Cat Girl and Friends is my newly founded nonprofit. And basically, it is to educate about inclusion through literature, you know? And I don't always like to focus on disability inclusion. Actually, many of my books, I have four in the Cat Girl series, and two are actually about different topics that are not a disability. I have a book about childhood obesity and I have a book about racial bullying because I believe that inclusion is for everybody and to just focus on what I identify as is a very self-centered thing to do and so that doesn't really make inclusion and that's why I believe that you know as an author it's my obligation to focus on topics that i find to be very important i find you know that in the news people who are being bullied fall under you know four categories it's and there is also one other category that i would like to touch on but i haven't yet but the you know the ones that be you know that i have are obviously disability bullying, racial bullying, and um, bullying of people who are overweight. I've been so eager to write about the LGBTQ community as well, but I don't belong to the community myself. So I don't know how much knowledge I have on the topic of it. Um, But I'm a total ally. So that has been something that I've been kind of figuring out in my head how I would write about that topic for kids.
0: Honestly, you know, I support you when it comes to all these different books. It's so I'm like, I'm a little bit I'm kind of into, well, I'm into children's books. (laughs) And that's because I when I now that I'm older, I'm like looking back at the books that I read when I was younger. And I'm like, I can't relate to this in the sense that, you know, a lot of them were about, um, people who don't necessarily look like me, (laughs) whether it be black or whether it be, you know, someone who has Afro hair or, you know, even the LGBT, that's another part, like how we were just saying, you know, that, or like other things, like I didn't really see too, too many stories. I did see some, but too, too many stories about, um, being of a bigger size or, you know, or different cultures. And I'm like, I want to see, I want to see something that I can relate to. I want to see something that Black girls can relate to. I want to see something that Indian people can relate to or Hispanic people. I want to see something that people of a bigger size can relate to. I want to see these types of things. And I want to read about it. I may not even necessarily have to relate to it, but I still want to read about it so I can learn. So I know that there's definitely people out there who really want that knowledge. And to have that, like, to have these resources for everyone to learn about, that is just so perfect for me. That is so perfect for all. I'm. It just, it makes me happy when I see these different types of books in like the bookstore or like my aunt is actually an author too. So I went to a bookstore that she, um, one of her books was in and I'm like, wow, there's a bunch of children's books here. Let me, let me, you know, I got hers. Let me just grab this. Let me grab this. Let me grab this. You know, <laughs> I'm the, I'm kind of that type of person. <laughs> so no, but.
1: I I completely understand what you are saying. Um, there were no books about people in wheelchairs when I was growing up. There was one book that I have till today. I don't know where it is. Oh, it's up on my shelf. I can't reach it. It's called Joni. It's by a woman named Joni Erickson. She's a woman that got into an accident when she was 17 um, by jumping into a lake and hitting her head and getting a spinal cord injury. And it's just the story of her journey. And today she's like still, I'm, I'm 37 now and I was eight years old when I read this story. And she's still someone that I like follow on social media because she's so amazing. She has a podcast, she paints, she writes books, she does all this like amazing stuff and she's always been like an inspiration to me but that's honestly the only story that I had exposed to me as a child of about someone like me someone with a disability and so it it's very sad and it, it that we can connect on that level where we didn't see ourselves being represented in literature or in movies or in any sort form of media. But what's wonderful is today, people are a lot more conscious of that. And I see a lot of, um, what's the word? A lot of progress in those areas of representation. Although we have a long way to go, it, it's definitely improved over the last, I would say, five, six years is really when I've taken notice of it.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that there's definitely a lot of, well, I think there's ways that we can still continue to progress. progress and I think that there's also definitely ways that um, we ha- many people have progressed, like how you said. And I'm happy to see the changes. And I'm like, in order to add on to the positive change, I'm glad that we have people like you who are doing that through books and speaking at events. And and even on your radio show, you have Behind the Chair. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: Well, Behind the Chair is uh, unfortunately no longer in existence, but it was a great three years of my life where a friend of mine named Douglas Longini was my co-host. He is also a person with a disability. He lives with cerebral palsy. And we would every week get together and we would just, you know, joke about our lives cuz I mean he's going to kill me if I tell you guys this, but he's a little crush on me. So, you know, we would <laughs> we would we would joke about that a lot on the on the show. And then, you know, halfway through we would have a guest come on that Sometimes had a disability, sometimes didn't, but always had a message of inclusion with the advocacy that they were working on. And so it was really great to do those interviews. And then at the end, we would ask them some fun behind the chair questions like, have you ever used your disability as a way to get noticed by the opposite sex or the same sex, if that's the case? And a lot of the time, people do, man. I mean, I, I have used the whole damsel in distress thing too to get a guy's attention.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! No, oh my gosh! That no, because that's pretty funny, actually. That's something, I, something kind of funny that I don't think a lot of people would even think to think about. <laughs> so, thank you for letting us into your life when it comes to that. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, no, but see, now that I'm like an author and I'm more accomplished, that's usually the angle that I use when I meet a guy. I'm like, oh yeah, so I'm an author and I was in this wheelchair. And I'm like, you know, like I talk myself up and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. No. So. That's like, <laughs> so that's I, like
0: I, cat girl dating 101. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, my approach to getting noticed I'm no longer the damsel in distress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's like that's like kind of like another ver- isn't that like another version I guess of Cat Girl though who's like <laughs> the superhero. <laughs> I mean, I'm like now I'm thinking about it, but okay, all that's, right.
1: That that that's Cat Girl after hours. It's like for adults.
0: So <laughs> he's like when she's off the books. <laughs> when she's not on. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, oh my <laughs> But um, so now tell me about kind of like just some of your experiences, some of your most memorable experiences when speaking at events.
1: I think my favorite ones are definitely when there's a child with a disability in the crowd and I just see their expression on their face As I'm reading Catgirl and just knowing that we have that connection and knowing that I'm impacting them in, in a stronger way, you know, I mean, that is so important to me. There was this one student, his name was Jesus, and I met him when he was like five, okay, and he's like 14 now, so it was a while ago. And I remember his mother sending me a photo of him writing a book report on Catgirl. And this kid is adorable. He has spina bifida as well. And so, and then like, you know, so that meant a lot to me. But also what means a lot to me is throughout the years, I've seen Jesus at different events and he always comes up to me and we, you know, chat or... Or we just, you know, he, like, his mom always thanks me for writing Cat Girl. So I think those are the most memorable things. It's just knowing that I'm not only educating those without disabilities, but I'm giving hope and inspiration to those with disabilities.
0: You know, my next question to you was actually going to be, what's your most rewarding part? But I think you, of your journey, but I think you really just, like, said it. I mean, <laughs>
1: <I'm> <laughs> do you sorry. have
0: anything else to add? No, don't apologize. I'm like, that's that's just so beautiful. And I'm like, you know, to hear that story, I really like how like just hearing different things that you've gone through and different stories that you have to share. It lets me know, one, that you're very wise, two, that you're also pretty patient. And three, you know, the way that you just hey, like educating others is so, it's so beautiful. But um, to add on to that question, would you have anything else that you'd like to add on as far as like what's been the most rewarding part of your your cat girl journey? My
1: cat girl journey, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's pretty, (laughs) it is just seeing the impact that my stories have on children and even some adults who will come up to me after an event and be like, thank you so much for writing this story. Like that was so beautiful and inspirational. And like, so it's interesting because like, I always think like, oh, they're adults, like they're not going to care about this story. But like, there are some adults out there it to be, you know, a necessary thing, even for them.
0: What are your hopes and dreams moving forward?
1: Um. <laughs> I would love to see Catgirl either in cartoon form on, like, PBS or... That would be cool. Or I would love to be the host of a children's show, like a Mr. Rogers that is focused on disability inclusion or just inclusion in general. I think that that would be really cool and it's really necessary, especially in this day and age where unfortunately there's just still so much bullying going on and there's so much you know and it's gotten worse because now kids are getting bullied on the internet and so it's there's like nowhere safe you know like for me it was like i would get bullied at school and then i would come home and it was like a safe haven almost because no one was really bullying me at home you know with a bunch of siblings there's going to be some sibling rivalry but it wasn't like that bad um but now it's like there's not there's no place safe because even when you're home you can get bullied on the internet and so i really just would love to have a children's show that focuses on inclusion and just bringing people together
0: i i know i'll be your number one fan with that because i definitely would really love to see that you know that's something that I think especially like during the pandemic a lot of um youth especially like you know how there's like the babies born during the pandemic I think those are the types of shows that they need to see because it talks about unity and inclusion so if all of them are seeing shows like that they'll just go to school and it'll be super easy for them to understand how to be unified that's a very basic way of thinking about it but it's a very like if if you see that if all of you are seeing that and then you're going to an environment with each other in order to act on being positive and unified with each other then i don't really i don't think that's bad i think that'll be a great way for you all to learn from each other and be happy with each other because when you go to school you really one thing you should be is happy and one thing you should be getting is an education those are like two of the main things but still that's what i see So thank you for sharing. This has been a really good podcast. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: (laughs) You are so amazing. And I just hope that you continue with this. I know you're going to be doing your studies and I wish you the best with school, but you have such an amazing talent for hosting and interviewing. And so I just hope that you keep this going because These types of conversations need to be had. And you are the vessel that's bringing these conversations out. So thank you so much for having me. Ah,
0: Thank you so much. Would you like to share um, your social media platforms and website?
1: (laughs) Yes, I would love if everybody would follow me on Facebook. I know that's kind of old school (laughs) for all the visitors out there. <laughs> but that's basically where I do most of my postings for Cat Girl and Friends. And if you just type in Cat Girl and Friends on Facebook, you'll see it there. Um, I also have an Instagram. It's Cat Girl Advocate. You can, you know, see some of the pictures of events that I've previously done. Um, and we can connect on d- DMs. Is that the term? I don't know. I'm really old. I'm sorry. <laughs> Also, I have a website, it's catgirlandfriends.com. Please, you know, search for it and look up all the information on me. You can look up my books and if you'd like, you can order some and you get it personally autographed by yours truly. So thanks for having me.
0: And thank you everyone who's watching. I hope you guys, I hope to see you guys at future Race to Speak Up podcast events. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at racetospeakup at gmail.com. Make sure to head over to my social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at racetospeakup. And go over to my website, www.racetospeakup.com, and check out all of my Race to Speak Up events. Join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarships for students making a difference in the world through service. Visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this
1: very one question. How do you Race to Speak Up?